Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 139. Today we have Judy Fox. That's Judy, J-U-D-I, Fox, F-O-X. Just like it sounds, Judy had some great insights today. We talked a lot about social media, and in particular, we talked about business and LinkedIn. Now, some people might say, oh, let's turn this off. Don't turn it off, because we talked a lot about human relationships, interacting, and just kind of the back-and-forth two-way street of it all, and uh, what that all should mean. There's going to be something in here for everyone, whether you're trying to build a business or not, or looking for a job. A lot of people have lost jobs. There's all kinds of things in this about business in general, and working with each other, and uh, just networking, and all these various things. So before we jump into the interview, let me just say, as always, I want to remind you, you are absolutely priceless. You're never alone. Please keep that in mind. Whatever's going on in the economy or in the world or the weather or your neighbors or whatever it is, I realize these things can be challenging. Uh, I want us to get to a place where in some capacity we almost embrace, okay, what can I learn here? What what other positive things can I still kind of fall back on to feel good about life too? Because there's always like tons more that we've just taken for granted. And and by the way, we talked about that in this podcast episode, the concept of losing everything where she went through her version of that. I've gone through some version of that. And I'm guessing in some way you have too, if you've lived any period of time and not to scare anybody, if you haven't, uh, it's pr- there's some version of that probably coming in some way. Life is different for all of us, but we talked in this episode about how uh, we're so much the same in so many ways and we're so interrelated, like even related to this COVID thing. It's like something can start in China and spread globally within a matter of just a few months. Uh, I think it really underscores the interconnected nature of humanity. And and just remember, you're not alone in so many ways, on so many levels, in the various things you're going through. I'm going through things too. I've got kids at home and various stuff. Uh, thankfully, here in Nevada, uh, Clark County, they're putting the kids back to school slowly but surely. They're doing a hybrid program, so my younger son's going to be able to do that. Anyway, I digress a little bit, but if you need to reach out, go info at empowerhumans.com. That's an email address. You can go to uh, at empower101 on Instagram and on Twitter and, uh, you know, send message or whatever. And by the way, also, as you may have noticed at the top of the show, um, if you're listening to this in five years, it may not be there. But as we speak now, uh, we have kind of an ad that says, schedule a call with me. Go do that. Go schedule a call. I want to talk to you personally. Believe it or not, I, Famous Phil from the <laughs> Power Humans podcast, want to get to know our audience. And uh, along with that, I'm offering some just nice incentives as just a gift, uh, some things that I have some access to now that are, you know, vacations, restaurants, various things like that. So go schedule a call. Go to call.empowerhumans.com to do that. And uh, I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to get to know our audience. There's nothing for sale, by the way. I'm not selling anything. Maybe down the road I'll be selling something. I don't know. Uh, full disclosure, but now I'm not. I just want to get to know everybody. So set up a call if you can. I've talked to hundreds of people in the last few months, and I'd love to talk to you. Uh, go to call.empowerhumans.com. Real quick, our challenges before we jump right in. Uh, study, start studying, keep studying. You know, recently I listened to the book 1984, and it was written, I think, in 1949 when it was published at least. And uh, so it's a really interesting uh, kind of view from the world at that time and what they thought might happen and just like a fictional dystopian tale of what might happen in the world with Big Brother and all these things. It's it's keeping your mind stimulated. You can study some nonfiction things. I've gone across the gamut with uh, nonfiction and biographies and self-help things and all kinds of stuff. So find something that resonates with you. Study. It's the way to keep our minds, souls, uh, just lives in general in tune because it's easy to get out of tune like a guitar as we go through life. Studying is one of the key ways to get our minds right and just stay in tune. And also, sorry, I'm long-winded. They also, our second challenge, make great moments. 
that's surprising loved ones that's going and taking initiative. Leave a note on the car window or on the mirror for your significant other or whatever it is in your specific case. Uh, little things like that. The little things make all the difference. There's a reason people have been saying that for generations because it's absolutely true. So go uh, make great moments. You know, I take time with my kids. We talk, we read, we do things. And yes, I'm very busy the rest of the time. But those moments are the ones that matter most to me, even if it's five, ten minutes here and there or we spend an hour or whatever, uh, because this is time we're not going to get back. So let's make the people in our lives matter. Let's make great moments. And then the last challenge, of course, my friends, let's keep doing this podcast together. Uh, Judy is a great uh, guest on our show. And yes, this is kind of a unique topic. We haven't had a little episode talking mostly about uh, networking and LinkedIn and all these various uh, social media things. But uh, let's jump in and uh, give it a shot. Here we go with our friend Judy Fox. We are pleased to welcome Judy Fox today, who is a LinkedIn business accelerator and, uh, of course, a business and networking magician. I added that uh, title, Judy. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> well, I like that, magician. It, well, I mean, you love social media. <laughs> You're all across the board. We were chatting a little bit before we got started here. Um, tell me, Judy, what's your story? I know that's a broad question, but where do you want to start with your story, getting to this this place where we're doing these things and helping businesses and all the amazing stuff you do. Once upon a time, there were, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know who like started that. their story with that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, yes. That I, how far back do I go? I'm actually, what's interesting is I never really talk about this, but I'm how many generations? My dad is the first generation in his family in America. So my family originated in, I guess, came over from Poland mostly. Wow. So that's a random part of my story that I don't normally share. Um, so yes, my dad grew up in a Polish speaking home. And then I grew up with my dad who was like, yeah, we're, you're going to speak English. So <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just the way of the different generations um, after, you know, they settle in the U S like what it looks like. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I have pretty strong roots, especially because my dad was the first to go to college and he then, you know, really wanted that for his kids. So I feel like just the different way I was brought up, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So immigrant, now immigrated family, so what, that what, is, I don't know why I went there, but there you go. So I got my degree in chemical engineering. It, it, well, it is, you're right. There's a lot of grit in that story yes. that I was raised with a parent and both parents that had a lot of grit and i had a lot of, um, I don't know what to call it, but like figure outable energy. Like we will figure this out. We mm -hmm. will make this happen. We will make our dreams come true and we will hustle for them. Whatever hustle means. That's beautiful. And so you're saying you got a degree. We're skipping ahead now to just about adulthood. You got I know. A, now we're skipping ahead a lot of years. <laughs> Unless you're like Doogie I got Howser, a degree you got a in degree. chemical. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I got a degree in chemical engineering from Virginia Tech. And my dad is an electrical engineer. My sister became an industrial engineer. And I became a chemical engineer. Wow. And then I got my master's degree. I worked in mining and oil refineries. And then I got my master's degree in environmental management and business sustainability. And that is part of the key. So I feel like engineering brought into my brain 
a sense of standard operating procedures, connecting dots, be, everything is solvable, not just figure outable, but solvable. <laughs> and mm -hmm. how to solve problems. The next part of my world was really wrapped up nicely with a bow by getting my business and sustainable degree, because that is how I think about long-term uh, business results. Because so many people, obviously we want to get some results now in our business, but if you actually want long-term, uh, long-lasting type of business impact, there's a whole nother brain mindset for what that looks like. And that's what I work on. I definitely get people business in the short term, but I really think about the long-term sustainability. Are you able to sustain this when you have a death in the family? Cause life is going to hit you hard. Are you able to sustain building a business when everything hits the fan, when you have major weather upsets, what does your business look like in all of these different scenarios? Because that's what you have to figure out when you when you study businesses that need to be sustainable. So some of my businesses that I worked on were fortune 500 companies. So I did sustainability reporting for Scott's miracle grow craft Tesla and um, Ingersoll Rand. So those were some of my big brands that I worked with in those years. That was wow. 2010 or so no 2005 to 2000 and 12. And then I started my own environmental consulting company in 2012. I ran that primarily through LinkedIn, built my own company, had that business running sustainably. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I had life kind of pull the rug out from under me. And so what does that look like? It looks like having all my systems in place to be able to get, I ended up getting a full-time corporate fortune 100 job in that window of time through LinkedIn always LinkedIn's been the backbone of everything I've done since I got my master's degree. If that mm. just kind of gives you an indication where I think sustainability lives in relationships and networking. And then I'm really taking the story for a, a ride here. Okay. We're having fun. <laughs> and then I, oh, good. I hope so. <laughs> I hope I haven't lost anybody because it's been a 20 plus year career so far. And I then had the rug get pulled out from under me in 2014, became a single mom overnight, had a lot of things happen in a short amount of time that are very tumultuous. I moved back in with my parents for a couple of months to kind of get my, my feet under me, mm -hmm. got a fortune 100 job network to it from LinkedIn, kept my business running still on the side, but like light projects, or I just started taking on showing people how to use LinkedIn for business. That's truly what I started doing because I had enough people at that point that knew me and knew what I had built and knew without me posting any kind of promotional post on LinkedIn, you talk, you spend time with your friends, your network, your connections. And I used to attend a lot of events in my um, my niche. And so the National Association of Environmental Managers, for example, and I ended up having some really early clients that were I actually the president of National Association of Environmental Managers hired me. And so I just ended up getting more and more contracts to show people and coach and consult on LinkedIn strategy and why it works so amazing. And really what it boils down to is long-term sustainable business strategy. So fast forward to today, I officially launched LinkedIn Business Accelerator in 2018, 
And I think the best probably success that I would want to point out from that launch has been 2020 because I supported over 70 businesses to bring them income and make sure they had business through using LinkedIn um, during the pandemic in 2020. Wow. That's quite a journey. There you go. That's my long story. (laughs) That's a journey. (laughs) Well, it's an exciting journey and it's probably relatable for a lot of people because you had some ups, you had some downs, you had some, uh, some learning and education, all those things. And you come from a probably not necessarily the easiest childhood if you had immigrant parents, because it's, I mean, immigrants, like you said, there's a lot of grit and things that uh, is, it's a good thing because it instills some strength in the kids coming up too, hopefully, which sounds to be the case here. Um, I've got all kinds of questions for you. So we're going to go for nine hours and cover all <laughs> good. of it. Um, let's talk about, cause we cover all kinds of topics on this podcast. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, how to overcome limiting mindsets and all these different things. But we talk about business and networking and and networking in general extends beyond. I mean, if people are dating and all these different things, it's a networking thing of sorts. Uh, what is it about networking and LinkedIn and all these things that you've been doing that's that became such a passion and, uh, you know, something that you're so fascinated and obviously clearly good at now helping others and businesses uh accomplished successfully. What What is it about that that's so, this is such an area of passion for you? <laughs> There's so many, we have all these quotes and all these sayings for a reason. So one quote out there is, you know, you go further with others and the sense of having teams and it, it, to f- kind of figure out how you move through the world. Most of us move through the world and we're going to interact with people at some point. (laughs) There's going to be another human being in our interactions at some point, unless you live in the middle of the wilderness, which, which is some people's decisions, which I have read uh, some books and I love mountaineering and climbing and camping and all kinds of adventures that kind of do take you out of the normal day-to-day interacting with everybody in a city or even in a suburb. However, even in the middle of a wilderness area, I just have to share this. It's so random, but (laughs) I was hiking backpacking in the Tetons and this is going to show you what I think about networking and building relationships. I was on a two week backpacking trip in the middle of the Tetons in Wyoming, really far out. Like you can't hike there in a day where I was, you, you would have to be also out there backpacking. And I'm with a friend. We're there together. And on the trail, we run into somebody we know from Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Like we know her. And so we're, we're talking, we're hanging out. I write about it in my journal because I have a backpacking journal. And then we, we had an amazing campfire. We all camped together and then we went on our regular hikes and it was just a fun, fun moment. Yeah. And what's interesting is about that story is of course I, I didn't stay in touch with this person. I just thought it was so cool that we all ran into each other and we all knew each other. And then, and it was such a surprise. And then I moved, that was in 1997 that that happened. And then in 2005, I bought my first townhouse and guess who was my neighbor? That woman that I ran into in the middle of the Tetons in the middle of nowhere was my next door neighbor. That's incredible. (laughs) And then that was amazing. And now I've stayed in close touch with her ever since. But I love 
those kinds of stories and networking and you never know who somebody knows. And that's the way the world goes round. Like people I've worked with 10 years ago, I had one woman who had a young niece at the time and I worked with her, the, the, old, the woman who was a vice president at a bank and I helped her on LinkedIn and then her niece was graduating from college and I then turned around 10 years later and supported her niece. So she was only what, 18 or I don't know how old she was at the time when I was working with her aunt. But it's so powerful to think it's people who connect people to jobs and opportunities. And we hear that all the time, but what does that look like? And how do you actually do that in a way that makes sense and doesn't make people feel like, I don't know how to say this, but like networked. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody wants to feel like they're on the other side of somebody networking. They just want to be building relationships. And what does real relationships look like? And how do you do that so it's reciprocal? Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's a very interesting uh, take and also story. And thank you for sharing that. That's uh, There must be something cosmic there. That <laughs> I hope I answered to... the question inside that story, by the way. <laughs> well, we're having a conversation. Whether you fully did or not, we're going to continue going. I did, but you, you did answer, okay. I believe. And, Sounds good. Uh, so I'm going to give you a vote of confidence <laughs> on that. I mean, the word network doesn't yes. necessarily sound too like sexy to some people. But in reality, I mean, it's... People if, hate it. Yeah, if if COVID taught us anything, it's how truly interconnected humanity is. I mean, something can start in China in a matter of a few months, basically be spread globally uh, from a virus standpoint, which also underscores the fact that we're all interacting for the most part. And yes, we obviously scaled that back big time in 2020. Uh, but, it, you know, and there's these whole things about six degrees of separation that most people are at the most six degrees apart of like, I know this person, this person, this person, six people away from, you know, Tom Cruise or President Obama or whatever, that ultimately we're much more interrelated, interconnected than some people are conscious of. Right. I mean, is that what you found with all this LinkedIn stuff? Because it'll tell you, you know, you're you have two connections away from this person and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, what, what do you what is your take exactly. on that, especially in light of the COVID? I love. I yes. And I actually think I've networked more in 2020 because of COVID. So one of the reasons why is because. When we're at conferences or trying to network in person, like I get the sense that there's just a different energy around being able to network 100% and everyone else is only able to network 100% online. That changed the whole story. So that feeling of, how, how do I say this? Like this feeling that relationships and networking only happen if you can finally shake hands, go to coffee. And I'm so kind of, that's the only thing I probably am a little bit grateful for because I kind of, how do I say this? I didn't mean to be so blunt before in the world, but I always felt like the world is moving. I can connect with another person's voice and be able to trust them because there's other things that we look for that don't require us to constantly shake hands with people. And I think the world of networking that we have to only connect with people we know is completely blown out of the water. Yeah, I want to connect with people who know people who, who might know somebody else who it's just 
the world blows my mind wide open when it comes to everyone can know almost everybody and be one degree of separation away. Yeah. So yes, I'm a hundred percent in that camp. <laughs> well, yeah. And very ironically, the whole thing about, uh, uh, shaking hands like that became a thing anyway like that was this is how we greet each other i mean a lot of things i think might change as we move forward where maybe we don't shake hands and we either fist bump or not but i who knows but in either case at least during <laughs> this this era 2020 and up till now at least it's kind of been oh yeah well, you don't you're not supposed to dr fauci said don't shake hands or whatever but but i think that yeah, general idea true. it's like it underscores the whole thing about why we're not at concerts and we're not all at uh, these physical events tony robbins has brought all his stuff online where he's doing you know he's still making money and doing his thing he just pivots and that's that's a big part of all this too is just pivot and and realize okay we've got all this technology and it's it's very very powerful where it used to be you know, my dad worked AT&T back in the 80s and he'd have to fly all over the country and have all these these meetings and, you know, working with businesses and different things with their long distance. AT&T's evolved big time. And I'm going off on a tangent, but the point is business people used to have to just fly or drive all over and have, maybe they had their territory. And now you can connect globally. Anyone who's got an internet connection. Um, why is LinkedIn so powerful? Because I, I, I just finally in the last year started to realize, wow, LinkedIn really is a powerful place. And Gary Vee talks about it's one of the most underutilized and misunderstood platforms. Talk to me about LinkedIn. So I have to honor one thing you just said back there, which you said you weren't, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, your, your dad flying all around the country. I started thinking when you were talking about that, there was power in meeting in person, but there was also some waste in time and resources and potential creativity and innovation that could happen when you do sit in one spot and you don't have to spend all the hours on the road and the exhaustion and the potential bad night's sleep in a bad hotel, not bad, but you know what I'm talking about, noisy, yeah, whatever it is, sure. you're not in your home environment. There's a whole bunch of things being unlocked for people that have been able to develop because of 2020. And I'm, I can see that. I can see some of the innovation that's starting to come out. And I don't know if it would have been forced or created without what happened in 2020. So yeah. People were busy and now they were forced to kind of not be busy, but be busy in a different way because mm -hmm. they didn't have to be on an airplane and spend all that other time. So that fast forward, I just want to honor like it's like some people got time back in parts of their lives they weren't expecting. Yeah, um, extra money. But you asked me. A, yeah, exactly. Different res resources could go to different places if you're not spending it on travel. Mm -hmm. That is really true. So. Well, let's talk about the LinkedIn um, piece real quick too, because and and I want to touch on it. some of this. Yeah, talk, <laughs> talk to me about LinkedIn in particular. So, so the thing about LinkedIn is it when I, when I compare it to the other websites, and I've heard so many. I I am always watching out for people's responses and what they think about it. And you are one hundred percent correct. It's very misunderstood by people, and you know it's interesting because. It's also, we sometimes get a message about something and we accept it. So for a long time, LinkedIn was for job seekers because that's how it was positioned for many of us as our first introduction to it was, I need to use this to network to my next job. 
that's a lot of people's introductions. And still to this day, many students in schools graduating even now in 2020 or, or 2021 are being exposed to LinkedIn as a place for them to get a job. So with that being very pervasive, when it comes to the world that I operate in, which is very entrepreneurial, CEO, authors, podcasters, video YouTubers, TikTokers now, Instagram influencers, it's, a, it's like a whole nother world out there. And LinkedIn doesn't, LinkedIn does fit those people. But I think that's where people like the Gary Vaynerchuk and who is Gary V's audience of the people who want to hustle and be online and get visibility. LinkedIn is gold for that. But I just don't think, no matter how much Gary V says it, <laughs> people still don't do it. So I feel like I'm the implementable advice to Gary Vaynerchuk because yes, he gives advice. That's great. But he's also sometimes giving it from a 4 million person audience. And what somebody can do with 4 million followers on LinkedIn is not what somebody can do when they join and they have two followers, <laughs> their mom okay. and dad or something. So I'm just kind of spreading it out that this place is powerful. And the way I think about it is two things. They've updated so many of the functionality on the platform and literally 2018, uh, beginning of 2018, end of 2017, they allowed for video to be uploaded. And LinkedIn is a source of knowledge and information and news. And it it's just a source for thought leadership and people sharing knowledge and ideas. It's just the ability for you to get on to the platform and not let the news feed own you, but you go out and curate and create the experience you want on there, number one. And then number two, the social proof of who people are is extremely strong. So if you do take the time to fill in your whole profile, especially what I call above the fold, the banner image, you position you and your knowledge, your pillars of knowledge. Say, for example, you have strengths in three areas or you have a podcast or you want to launch a podcast and so you're positioning it. It's powerful, so powerful for all of those things your website, your YouTube channel, your Instagram account. I mean, you can drive traffic mm -hmm. from LinkedIn to these places because LinkedIn is built as a landing page. Just like a website is built like a landing page, LinkedIn can be built like a landing page. Mm. Yeah, that's that's all very true. I mean, it's uh, one of the things I've said with LinkedIn is that it's kind of like you may disagree or not like this, but maybe you'll agree. It's kind of like a Facebook of business owners. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. We'll see if I get smacked. But it's like a Facebook for business owners, in my opinion, <laughs> where, where you can all interact. I mean, it's not like, oh, we're all sharing pictures of our lunch on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff like some people do on Facebook and other places. Um, but it's uh, all these digital platforms. And there's so many. I mean, we're talking business stuff right now. But, you know, the world has evolved so much. I do much really like what you just said. Okay, good. Well, yeah, I'm going to 100% agree with you, by the way. Didn't mean cool. to interrupt. Keep going. But no, I had I to agree get... early on. So you. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't get, I'm I didn't clapping. get smacked. <laughs> I, I think what you just said is really relatable. So everybody listening, if you wish your Facebook business page was getting a ton of traction, well, then come over to LinkedIn because that's what we're doing over on LinkedIn. We're getting business. It's not running a LinkedIn business page, I don't want you to get confused, but it's the equivalent. I feel like what you just said is taking 
a business Facebook page that you run and you actually wish it was getting the traction and the posts that you wish were getting visibility, you would bring that over to your personal profile over on LinkedIn because that's the equivalent. I like that. Okay, cool. Well, I'll even let you borrow it. I'll send you an invoice later. But when it comes to, you know. right. I'm just kidding. I don't need to borrow it. I can credit you. (laughs) Yeah, please. Well, no, I'm just getting, all I want at the end of the day is let's empower humans, which is the name of our podcast. And if if LinkedIn is going to help so many people, and I've seen that it does just in the last few months, I've used LinkedIn so much and I've and I've been able to get on the phone with literally hundreds of people uh, through those initial connections and especially a place like LinkedIn. Um, is there power still in getting on the phone and Zoom with people, even if we're not all flying across the country and staying at whatever hotel and all these things and meeting in some boardroom, which by the way, I know several businesses who have completely shut down their offices. Like everyone's working from home and now they don't have 20000 a month to pay for an office. So it's like, wow, this whole dynamic has changed. But anyway, I digress. What is the power of actually still one-on-one communicating uh, above and beyond? Well, here we are on the digital platform. Uh, is there power in it? I guess is the first question. If so, how? As far as let's let's get on the phone like you and I did like a month ago. <laughs> yes, I think there is so much power in what you're sharing because LinkedIn, like I said you can fill out your whole profile. So when somebody with a complete profile, like you have, like I have, we're able to connect with more trust and potential reputation and more ability to be memorable because I can look at your profile. I can say, oh, we're getting on a call. Like even before when we were talking, we were like, how did we meet? Oh yeah, this is how we met. We... (laughs) We were talking about LinkedIn can sometimes have glitchiness and I was having trouble loading your profile, but the moment I, I'm a visual person. So all it takes is one second. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. And then all the dots connect. So yes, we can have a CRM and we can have all these spreadsheets, but Mm -hmm. it really comes down to LinkedIn allows you to visually position trustworthy type of things like recommendations, what people say about you really matters. And then I can say, you know what, I'll trust getting on. I mean, if there's, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that people see that I have over 50 recommendations that people have written about me. And they're like, oh, (laughs) if 50 people are willing and I didn't even ask, I, I maybe should get more intentional and ask more people to write recommendations, but I didn't. I just said, if you want to write one, I'm very casual about it. And they've all come in spontaneously without me asking for them. Maybe I should start asking. But the (laughs) point is, (laughs) um, that's an extremely powerful indicator that it's okay to get on a call with them. Do you see, I think people listening can understand there's not the same things. You have to work harder on Instagram to convince people you are a legit account. You can put up all the prettiest pictures in the world, but... I have to kind of pause and be like, am I getting on a call with this person? I don't really know them. Whereas there's something about LinkedIn that feels like it shortens that distance of trust Mm -hmm. and creates a stronger bond faster. Well, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things I've done on LinkedIn is I'll send people. In fact, I think this is how you and I connected initially. Uh, we connected and then I sent you a message that, Hey, let's, let's talk. Cause this is what I like to do. Clearly I do a podcast. I like talking to people. Some people are more introverted, blah, blah, blah. So I understand that. But, uh, 
I have a whole calendar link that I send people and say, hey, what if you don't mind, please schedule the time at your convenience on my calendar and let's chat. Let's get to know each other. Maybe we'll be a benefit of each other. Either way, we're friends. Let's talk. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? And maybe I'm asking for selfish reasons because this is something I've done, but you know, it's, it's built a lot of connections. Uh, I had like no connections on LinkedIn and I built, now I think I'm over 600, which is something, but this is just since like December. <laughs> so I've, I, what are your thoughts as far as sending out a calendar and all these things where people can book time with you and, and talk one-on-one like this? The thing, the way you did it, I really wish, like, I feel like I wish I could open up my LinkedIn and kind of highlight for some reason it's not. Let me see. I'm going to refresh my page to see if it's working. Yeah, ironically, I would, (laughs) I know it's given me a 404 and error has occurred. So it's not working right now, which is fine. But here's the thing. I wouldn't say yes, unless it it was positioned a certain way. And I think many people wouldn't say yes to a stranger coming into their links, but I have to give you like applause and you did it in a very authentic. And I know we use the word authentic, but here's the thing. I didn't feel like I was mass produced. Mm -hmm. I felt like even if you did, you worked on a great message then if by the way, but you (laughs) show up in a way on your profile. It's always about, Um, you're kind of building trust and reputation by the way you show up on LinkedIn. Each moment you interact with people, you're building up those. You're actually, I call it a three-legged stool. You're building on LinkedIn, you're building trust, reputation, and being memorable. Because if somebody can remember you, then you can keep interacting with them. If they can't remember you, then they're like, uh, I don't even know, like, did we ever talk? Like I knew we had talked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just couldn't open up LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) And then I was like, you know what I'm talking about? There's so many conversations happening. I've had, I've had so many conversations now in 2021 because I do get on a lot of calls and a lot of connection calls, but I, now I kind of want to qualify them I just, I want to know why we're talking. I don't just connect just to chit chat. I, I think the way you must've positioned it was a lot more intentional with here's why. And even just a simple, short little why, not a selfish why. I feel like you even just naming your podcast and thinking about empowering people, that is part of your why. And that comes through in your message, whether I can read your physical messages or not. (laughs) Yeah, I just know that that that's going to make all the difference. It's the people who show up in your DMs and they send a first connection and it isn't what you did. I'm going to show the opposite of what you did. You did something very real. Again, it could have been mass produced, but the way that you wrote it is very um, more community driven, not just, I want to talk to you, but I want to interact. I want to network with you because my goal, the ultimate goal is bigger than just, I want to chit chat and talk for 15 minutes yeah. Um, because then it can turn into a sales pitch for somebody. And I knew I wasn't going to, I knew that we were going to have a real conversation. I just knew it. And then there's the other ones we get in our direct messages where I can tell the entire message I'm being funneled into a 15 minute call for basically to be sold into whatever they want to sell me. And it's probably not going to be that enjoyable. And unless I can tell that it's going to be a good collective conversation. I don't want to just be sold to for 15 minutes. Cause I don't have time for that. Yeah. And that's not what I want. 
So you really need to think about your messaging. I wouldn't change a thing about your messaging because obviously it's working. For somebody else that's not getting anyone to click on that 15-minute call, well, then interact with Phil and get him to send you a message and then look at what he just did to you. <laughs> that's my pitch for people. That's, that's nice. Well, I appreciate so, all that. All of a sudden, Phil's going to get a bunch more direct messages. Uh-oh, sorry, Phil. Well, I don't mind. I love getting to know people, but see, that's the thing. It's kind of like you have to get back down to business of what's your why. It can't all just be about money, 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 because what I've found, and I appreciate the kind things you said, but what I've found too, it's like you go back to the seven habits and I bring this up sometimes in the podcast. Stephen Covey wrote this book about highly effective people and the one of the seven habits, four or five or whatever, is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so what a lot of people do with LinkedIn and business in general is is... I would, you know, for lack of better phrasing, they kind of just try to push something down your throat. Well, here you can, I can generate all these leads for you. Um, you know, and I was listening to uh, what's his name from the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I can't off the top of my head, Jordan Belfer, excuse me. Uh, sorry, Jordan. Uh, but he came out of prison. He did all these things, but he's, he's still a massive selling powerhouse. And so I saw someone ask him because it's one big scene in this movie uh, is where they talk about sell me this pen. And what he said that most people get wrong about that. It's such a simple exercise, but is the first step is not, oh, this pen has this and that feature and it can write all this. And you can write a 20 page letter or whatever, you, you know, things the pen does. The first thing you actually do is ask lots of questions, get to know the person and, oh, okay, based on what you're doing in your business and you'd like to write journals at night or whatever people do. And maybe people don't use pens as much as they used to, but it's an analogy. You're going to find out what people need and then show them how, okay, well, this is how some of the things that I offer can meet some of those needs. Uh, <laughs> and so it's seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so that's, you know, when you talk about my messaging, it's kind of like that. I'm very low key if when I try to connect on LinkedIn too, where it's like, you know, I work with coaches like yourself and I'll just tell people. I hey. wouldn't say low key. I would not say low key. And the reason why I'm going to say, I finally got your messages open, just FYI. Oh, here we <laughs> and go. the reason I'm going to like shout your praises is because you what we think of as low, don't, yeah, I, I would say you are more impactful with your messages. I would not say low key. You're to the point. The conciseness in the simplification is actually more powerful because if you are getting to know somebody at the very beginning, I'm not going to read four paragraphs of something like that immediately. <laughs> right. And if there's a Calendly link after four paragraphs, I'm not booking it. I don't know, unless for some reason, those four paragraphs are like an entire book report about me or something. Cause then I'd be like, Whoa, thank you. But most people are not doing that. Just FYI, they're writing these big things. They're assuming they can help you the way you wrote it is Let's see basically the, the summary in my brain. It's not exactly what you wrote because I'm still enticing people to send a message and connect with you. <laughs> but there's one phrase where you said, see how we might be of benefit to each other. And I didn't get the sense that it was that you were just funneling me into your business in a way that was really aggressive because that statement alone is very, and I didn't feel like you were just saying it just to say it and then trick me when we get on a call. I'm just going <laughs> to be blunt. Like if you feel like you're being tricked to get on a call, if you feel like it's about the time, what's really interesting is you didn't lead with how long the call is. And thank you for that. So many people put 15 minute call. 
you, and they label, they label Calendly, they label the call as let's get on a call for 15 minutes. It's not about my time. The reason right. I don't get on a call with somebody is because it feels like I, I'm going to spend a really bad 15 minutes. I'm happy to spend an hour talking to you now recording a podcast or more because I already knew. So the difference, I keep telling people, stop trying to book 15 minutes and think more about what you did, which is you labeled it a success consultation. And yeah, that and I, has a whole different energy. And the way we bring energy to what you want to do is the key. So all the uh, awards and accolades. Welcome, Phil, to the stage. You have now received your award for a great <laughs> LinkedIn direct message. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like wanting to see this. When this podcast comes out, we have to like do a screenshot of your message. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the interesting thing, you pointed out some interesting things that I hadn't even thought of, but yes, I don't lead with how long the call is. I mean, for purposes of scheduling, I generally schedule about a half hour and sometimes I go more or less or whatever, depending on what people need. But yes, you have to be open to people because at the end of the day, every relationship, business, romantic or otherwise is a two-way street. So it's, that's got to sink in for all of us. Uh, it's a two, You and I talking right now is a two-way street. You're saying things, I'm saying things. And so it goes back and forth. And so that's why the LinkedIn messaging has to be that way too. It's uh, Let's see how we can be a benefit to each other because I want to see what you bring to the table and your profile is interesting and so on. Um, so that's, you know, that's how we ought to be communicating to have more power, I guess. And, and by the way, I don't even send a Calendly link in my first message. I'll send a connection request and then I'll send with that. I'll say, Hey Judy, I work with, you know, hundreds of business coaches across the country, which is true. And, uh, I'd love to connect. And that's it. It's like a one sentence thing. There's nothing salesy. And then after that, once we connect, assuming we do, there might be further messages later of, you know, let's see how we can be a benefit to each other. Perhaps why don't you book a time on my calendar? And I'm paraphrasing, but that's the basic messaging. Yes. <laughs> so um, the biggest thing I want to express to anyone listening is don't let LinkedIn and what comes in, don't be a passive <sighs> Um, it's almost like I hear a lot of things. I don't like the direct messages I receive. Well, then put a boundary. I don't like what I see in my newsfeed. Well, then put a boundary. I believe in radical ownership of your experiences online. Mm -hmm. I will repeat that because I feel like it's really important in today's age, age. I believe in radical ownership of your experiences online. Yeah. You are the owner. The social media platforms, I know we have the social dilemma and we have all the ways they're trying to get you. They're trying to get you to spend all this time online. There's there's reasons for why they want what they want. You know, the the the, the quote unquote the systems, the social media, the social experiment. But if you put your hat on and think I want this to serve me, then take some time offline. You don't need to be on it all the time and kind of map out some ways you think you could start taking some ownership of how it serves you. That might look like and having a system in place that you know in your brain, the moment somebody sends you a message that doesn't serve you, you either decide right now how you will spend your time because so many people give those messages way too much focus mm. and then they don't get business. Yeah, that's powerful. And to use a word like radical, radical ownership 
is I think really, yeah. really drives the point home. It's, you know, people use the word ownership a lot, including me, but to, I'm going to, you know, you're going to borrow some of what I said. I'm going to borrow that from you if you don't mind. All uh, right. And I'll credit you. <laughs> no, you can do it. But it's taking <laughs> radical I, ownership. I, well, we'll collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write a book together. Yeah. No, but that's very big. I, mean, I hear so many people in pain. People are in pain across social media and I understand it. I, I've experienced pain online. I mean, we're human beings. We, we do things and triggers, things that trigger us or the social media has affected something and, and I'm shown something in my newsfeed that I kind of wish I didn't see. Well, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. So I cannot control social media, but if I'm using it to my benefit in a not selfish way, but in a I want to be an empowered human. I want to make an impact. If I want to make an impact, I have to show up as my best. And if my best is affected by spam, well, then I need to move spam out of my box. Like I don't want to receive it. So I have an account on LinkedIn now that my direct messages receive very little spam because I have a high, I have a fast process to kick spam out. If it's spammy, (laughs) that's why your message got through. It was not spammy. It didn't trigger the spam like radar. The spam radar is, it has other radars, but that's why I was giving, I keep going back to, thank you. Thank you for coming through my system, but (laughs) (laughs) it's all about having some standard operating procedures, so. Yes, yeah, and that's that's true throughout life, and I appreciate that uh, those inputs and, you know, observations. Now, elaborating a little bit from LinkedIn, you know, because we touched on a little bit, some of this other social media plus clubhouse is this new, uh, at the moment of oh, our goodness. recording, <laughs> fairly new thing that's exploding onto and the Twitter scene. spaces and yes, everything. So what, what was your question? <laughs> well, my question is kind of a general one that you can go where you like with it, but there's, there's all these various things of social media that have their kind of different strengths, weaknesses, pros, cons. Um, what are your thoughts in a broader sense? It's far as social media interaction, maybe on a personal and business level. And, you know, what about using, you know, full disclosure, I've used something called hero post, which is just a one-time fee. You own it uh, instead of paying a monthly thing, like to Hootsuite or whatever it's called, or these other companies so that you can post things to different platforms. Um, But what are your thoughts on the other social? I'm just throwing out some thoughts and ideas, but between Twitter and Instagram and clubhouse, these other things. I love the idea of if you, okay, I feel like there's, there's multiple different types of personalities, but I'm going to speak to two, the person getting started. So if we're empowering you to get started, I would look at the different platforms and probably trust a bit of experience meets intuition inside of yourself Mm -hmm. to look at them and interact with them without posting first And feel it out in the sense that if you're commenting and you're engaging and you're starting to show up and spend a little bit of time on these platforms, but spend a week on LinkedIn, spend a week on TikTok, not just scrolling aimlessly, but kind of thinking, if I joined this platform and I started making content here, how does that feel? Does it feel like, does that Are you starting to see people that are in the comments of other people's posts? Are you able to find even just one other business that kind of feels and looks like yours. Um, If you're real estate, is there another real estate expert you might be able to look at that's doing what you think is well for visibility? Because if people don't know you exist, 
they can't hire you. <laughs> like you do have to be somebody that people know you exist at a bare minimum awareness. People yeah. talk about that no like and trust, but I actually like using the word I my model in it's just slightly different wording, but I think words really matter. I talk about awareness. People literally have to know you exist as a human being on this planet to work with you. And people kind of forget that. They get interested in visibility or this or that, but I think in different terms, like there's many ways to be seen as existing. Like I opened up a Google My Business. I opened up, I have Pinterest, I have YouTube. And it's not a matter of trying to spread yourself thin, but it's a matter of like, I don't know, this is going to be a really weird analogy, but I was at a very fancy resort one time. This is going to be a funny story. And one evening, this fancy, fancy resort, I felt like a rock star or something staying at this resort. It was so huge. You had to have a golf cart to like move around it and stuff. And it was out in Arizona and it was gorgeous. Yeah. And they had, I don't know how many hot tubs, so many pools <laughs> and so many hot tubs because it was like this sprawling universe and all these micro niche hot tubs. That sounds really funny, but like there was the one with the waterfall and the one with this and the one with the bar and the one with the stools in the bar. And I was just, I literally was like told all of my friends, cause we were there together at a conference. I was like, I'm going um, pool and hot tub hopping tonight. And I'm going to try and visit all like 20 hot tubs. That to me is the equivalent of going out on social media <laughs> mm -hmm. of like, go to all these like different pools and test them all out. And that is the weirdest analogy I think I've ever shared. <laughs> so, but it works. <laughs> that a was a really good, fun night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of good, unique stuff out of it. I've never today. shared my like hot tub, hot tub hopping party, <laughs> but I had so much fun. I got to meet different people and it reminds me of social media. That night actually reminds me of one pool was the YouTube world. One pool is the Instagram because it had the Instagram models or something like it just, they all had different vibes and different feels to everyone mm. that was at the different hot tubs and pools. Oh, this is <laughs> cracking me up. Okay. I'm done. No, it is. It's, it's true. And it's funny. It's like, you know, I live in Vegas, so you can, a lot of people come to Vegas and a lot of times they'll just like walk oh, around yeah. the different hotels. Like here's the Flamingo and it's an older hotel and this is what it does. And this cool pool in the back. And now they have that big, uh, uh, no, I did that too. I went to Vegas and did that and walked into all the hotels. I didn't even care. I didn't need to go to all the casinos. I wanted to tour all the hotels. Yeah. And they, uh, they so all yes, have very similar. Yeah. They have slots and they have the, uh, the different things, the, the table games and all that. They all have all that stuff, but they also have different little features and decorations and pools and so on. Just like you talk about the hot tubs, And I, you know, I can resonate with that too. I, for one, like water in general. So I would, uh, you know, that'd be fun uh, trying the different pools and hot tubs. But um, so yeah, that's what people do. And then just see which one you would rather just stay at longer. Which one was harder to leave? Which one was, instead of just thinking about it as consuming content on those platforms, think about it as which one was harder to leave because of the relationships that were forming. Yeah. So that's why you don't leave the place you end up. I mean, where, I mean, all the analogies work. There was a particular pool that we all ended up finally just saying, you know, one, one, that one was the best. We had the best time. We laughed the hardest. And then we spent the rest of the evening in this one pool area because it was the best vibe. And that's, 
It's not about consuming content though. You have to be careful because I could spend all day on TikTok, but that would just be consuming and laughing at other people's content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to think about it as where do you want to spend time making content and conversation for your business? So mm -hmm. think about it like that. And then the other type of person, because I wanted to get the other category of person, which is somebody who is already making content, they're already online. And then you kind of have to look at where are you seeing the best results and where can you double down and reduce some of your, that's the equivalent of picking the final one to go to. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this analogy is going to kill me. So you literally <laughs> do want to double down and build on the relationships in one spot versus being everywhere. So then I tell you to pick your pillar. So if you've already been creating content, you not only have to pick your, not have to, I recommend you pick your pillar so for me, I pick LinkedIn. I'm thinking LinkedIn first when I create a lot of my content. However, I filter that pillar filters out into the other places. So I will take that post that I made on LinkedIn and I will put it on Instagram. I will take that post and I'll put it on my Facebook business page. I will take that post and that post could turn into a blog post. But my mm -hmm. pillar, my one spot I'm, I'm, I'm originating from is mostly from LinkedIn with a few pieces that might originate from somewhere else, but most of the time it's originating from LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. That all makes sense. And thanks for the beautiful analogies <laughs> and, and the stories and stuff too. <laughs> a fun party analogy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I'm in Vegas, so I can relate. Not that I'm a big partier, but I do live in Vegas, but you know, no, and, and, not either. <laughs> I sound like I am, but that was such a fun night. I wanted to go hot tub hopping. <laughs> I called it the hot tub hopping like crew or something. We had a whole crew. And then when the hotel saw us all moving in one big chunk of people, I think at one point they were like, uh, where are they going to next? Cause they're going to just take over it, the, the crew just kept getting bigger and bigger. So. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, what is what it is, but uh, <laughs> maybe they thought you were going to go rob the place or something, but you know, when it gets to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it when it gets to, uh, yeah. Um, but talking about the messaging side, it's like, you know, it's worth asking ourselves, you know, this old golden rule, do unto others, you would have them do unto you kind of thing is when it comes to, you know, kind of low key stuff, as far as internet messaging stuff is, is, you know, would I resonate with this? Would I respond well to this? If I'm going to just send some big dissertation of 700 paragraphs and then a calendar link for a 15 minute call at the end, would that resonate well with me if I received that? So it's worth kind of asking ourselves these things. I'm just throwing out a few little tidbits I'm thinking of as we talk here, but because when it gets down to it, I remember, you know, I mentioned Tony earlier, Tony Robbins, and I talk about him a lot because he's actually made a big impact in my life. But one of the things he says is, the quality of your life is the quality of, of your relationships. And notice he's not specifying your romantic relationships or with your kids. He's any relationships. That's the quality of your life because human nature is to have relationships. And that's what this networking thing is all about. Um, yes, we're talking mostly from a business standpoint, but we've got to figure out that two-way street interaction well, just like you and I were talking about and the way we interacted and uh, build these relationships. I don't even have a big question in there, but uh, I'm just throwing out a few things that came to <laughs> well, mind. I was going to add, I was going to add to what you said, just to be, you know, an additional thought is when your business is going well, 
when certain pillars of your life are going well, when certain things are going well, it does help relationships to go better because there's less stress if your business is going well, if you're not worried about where your next contract or next opportunity or when you're not worried, I mean, it changes. It changes the dynamic of your vacations, your relationships. Yeah. I Again, I don't know what everyone is living through, but I know in my situation, I'm a single parent working from home, running my own business. I've been single parenting since 2014. Wow. And when he was two. So mm-hmm. it's been, now he's, I mean, you can do the math, but he's, he just turned nine. And so from two years old to nine until the future, I have no idea when single, I'm just, I'm a single parent at this point, but I just wanted to say during the pandemic, I am grateful every single day that I had created my own lane, my own thing. And it didn't, it flew in the face of other things. I felt like I felt like I didn't exactly, I actually hired someone at one point who was a startup advisor and I kept telling her, I was like, I just, I want to drown out the noise of what I think exists out there and create my own thing that I know for a fact is going to make me and my life thrive and be sustainable. And I want to take my sustainability degree and apply it to what I know about LinkedIn. And I want to really double down on what I know. And what's interesting is I did that before 2020. And then when 2020 hit, I really had built something that made sense. And then I literally was able to support other businesses with it because it was a model. It was a It was a business model to say here, if you need to implement this, it can be implemented really fast. And it's, it's hard to explain without you having to go through it. But the point is I, those people that trusted me that the way I built this, it's not exactly like other, it's not exactly like the tried and true get on social media and start posting. And it, I don't do, I don't know how to call it, but I just don't do, um, Oh, you know, I'm an agency that creates content, if that makes sense. Or I'm a social yeah, yeah. media consultant. It's I'm a business consultant. I'm how do you actually close a contract? How do you actually get sales? I was coaching sales coaching, sales psychology and coaching and that every single week for almost all of 2020. I was doing a Friday sales call to teach and train people on how to do sales. So it's not just get on LinkedIn and hope that it works. So <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think you're right. Well, I mean, of the yeah, things I don't saying, know where I was going with that, but there you go. <laughs> no, a lot of great observations and points that you made. It's, I mean, it seems to me that one of the keys to sustainability from a business standpoint, but also on a personal level too, is to genuinely want to connect with people at the end of the day. If you're just trying to suck something out of somebody, get something out of them, whatever that is, and that can happen in the dating world, it can happen in business and all these things I keep alluding to, but uh, really the key is to build the relationships, right? And you know, and I've talked about this a few times. Some months ago, we had a guy on the podcast named Bob Wheeler, and he told a story. And I kind of actually made a video about it because it was such, to me, it was a powerful story where he went to Tanzania and he was, you know, he'd been making all this money living in LA and all this stuff, bought a Mercedes and, and they have nothing. You know, the average income is $100 annually. And I was like, holy cow, you know, we Americans can't even relate to that kind of poverty. We, we have poverty here. 
but the poverty level at the global scale tends to tends to be much lower in the sense of where people are uh, in the in the economic spectrum, let's say. But his point in the whole story was that these people were just happy and he just didn't get it. Like they don't have DVD players. They don't have cars. They live in huts, blah, blah, blah. Why are they so happy? And he, he came to realize, and I think this is a good place as we start to wrap up to just realize it's really important to just network and have these connections. If people in Tanzania who have essentially next to nothing other than each other, if they can find more happiness than the guy in LA, who's in theory got tons of people because we're all stuck in traffic in LA. I live there. Uh, and it, where money is not the, end all be all at the end of the day. Yeah, the money will come. And I've learned that just building relationships with people. But the satisfying part is building relationships with amazing people like you, Judy, and other people that I build relationships with. And, you know, Bob's to go on our YouTube or on our Instagram, that video's there if anyone wants to watch it about Bob Wheeler's Tanzania observations. But um, that, that was what I wanted to say. That's the key to sustainability is to build genuine relationships. That's why my messaging is what it is when I communicate with people. Um, if you just want to get something intangible like money, no, it's, it's not really going to be sustainable. And the money, <laughs> the money can be down the list, but it'll still come. You know, that's what it, I've found. Any and other, go ahead. I'll just support that. I'll just support that because you and I are, I feel like we're definitely on the same page. I think if you've come to any conclusion on this, on this podcast, that <laughs> when it's relationships and if you read any of the stories of any almost you know any successful person there is a moment in time where i feel like almost every story is they've like lost it all <laughs> and yeah. i remember early on in my business coaching i had a business coach in my early 20s and one of the things he told me he's like i don't wish this on you but at some point a breakthrough is probably going to come when you you have some crap hit the fan like i he was like i don't wish it but I can see that you haven't been through something. And I mean, I was in my early 20s and I, yeah, I was yeah. raised with a lot of grit and determination, but I maybe hadn't been tested for my grit and determination. And so yeah. when I did get really tested several times, that's when I doubled down. And I said, you know what? I doubled down on my strengths, my knowledge, my skills, and I figured out how to use that so I could empower other people and how I could work with other people. And the money comes at that point. It's not me sitting around and trying to, I don't know, pick if it's going to be 997 or 997.97. Like that's why I tell people when I do sales, if, if that's the conversation we're having, then we're having the wrong conversation. Cause yes, there's pricing, there's positioning, there's all kinds of things, but there's a bigger thing at play way bigger. Do you have any, you need to think about your relationships. Who do you know already? Who can speak highly of you confidently? Can you even speak highly of yourself? Like, how do you think of yourself? Cause that's going to come through on that call, a sales call. If you are hating life, it's not that you have to, you, we just got to figure some things out. So you're, you're more in alignment. So you can start making some calls and you can start talking to some people and getting the business. And that's a hard thing to do. And I think job seekers find that. And I just want to encourage anyone going through it. The sign that I had on my mirror, and it still is on my mirror to this day, when I went through my deepest, darkest part, like literally losing everything in mm -hmm. one fell swoop and only starting over with what I had in my car at the moment was 
at 38 years old, I then went to like Goodwill. I found a sign. I just sparkle and paint and it was gold and pink. And I don't know, it's ridiculously sparkly, but I painted it and it says my life loves me because if everything's gone, my life loves me. Like I could lose everything, but, and I know other people rely, you know, they have obviously spirituality and everything. And I am pro all of that, but I needed something just at such a core base level that if I looked in the mirror, I could at least reflect that I liked myself. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I appreciate that. That's powerful stuff. And, you know, I encourage, I've gone through my own version of some of that stuff too. And I, it's not pleasant. We don't necessarily wish it on people, but in some small scale, we kind of do only because it's, it's like, uh, anything. It's like exercising. It's not a pleasant thing for most people, but the result is what people are after. And, <laughs> and you know, you go through these tough things and losing everything or whatever situation people go through divorce. I've been through, I'm a single dad taking care of my kids uh, and stuff. They're not in school. They're doing Chromebooks. And so a lot of people relate to these like challenging stuff, these challenging things going on. But um, you know, when it gets down to it, what we're trying to do is build genuine trust with each other, not in a fake way for some you know, hidden purpose, but just to really get to know each other and meet each other's needs genuinely. And, you know, I dare go so far as to say with some version of love, some version of caring of, I want this person to have joy and success in their life too. And there's something, I don't know if it's karma or whatever, there's just something about that's a magical thing that'll bring you back things many folds over uh, in my experience. Um, Judy, we could go in a lot of depth at this point, and I know that we're kind of in the interest of time. There's so many deep things we could go to. It's just deep human principles. I love those conversations. And maybe we'll do a sequel and we'll go deep human principles next time too. But where can people get more of Judy Fox? And by the way, that's J-U-D-I, not Y, J-U-D-I Fox. Well, that was the key. <laughs> yes. So J-U-D-I, you are right. You can go to J-U-D-I-F-O-X. You can Google it and you will find me for days. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken over the Google. I, I'm all the way to page 10 plus. So I've taken over that Google page. Wow. Um, the <laughs> only competition I had was, I think, Judy and Zootopia or the Fox. Uh, there was some Zootopia <laughs> character. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, Anyways. <sort> of. <laughs> Yes, there's a couple other duties on this planet that, yeah, but it's me for days. And I will just tell you, go to judyfox.com and you can find all of my social handles on that page. And I do spend a little bit of time on LinkedIn, but <laughs> if you want to find me there, <laughs> I I spend some time there and I'm more than happy to connect and network. I have my follow button on because I do have a lot of connections but a lot of people will follow me and I will follow you right back. That's how cool. I operate. Beautiful stuff. And of course you've got the LinkedIn business accelerator we talked about. And uh, so people can find you. I do. People can hire you all kinds of things or just get to know you like we've done here with the podcast and stuff. Well, Judy, thank you so much. And uh, I wish you all the very best of luck and we'll continue. Like I said, maybe we'll do a sequel and talk about some of these other things too. But for our audience, thank you as well. And as always, we're flattered you spend time with us. Until next time, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit empowerhumans.com. We'll catch you next time.